I listed all sorts of scripture in the, the bulletin tonight in the order of service. Not sure which passage I was going to be working with tonight. Just had a title and those two scriptures and then the Philippians 2 passage. And in the end, I settled on the third verse of Romans 8, doing kind of a reprise on something that we've already done. But as we continue in this series on Romans 8, More Than Conquerors, Paul says something about the cross in the third verse of Romans 8 that I'd like to center our attention on tonight. And he says, For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and to deal with sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Let's pray. As always, Lord, we seek to hear your voice, reminding us of those things we can lose hold of, and helping us to appreciate the steadfastness of your love. So draw us into your embrace this evening as we gather and help us to know of the love that will not let us go. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I've learned over the years that, that preaching is a lot about creative plagiarism. It's the artful appropriation of what others have said. It's reading the people that read the people and then quoting the people as if you've read the people. Um, <laughs> One of the people that I've read, however, is named Frederick Beekner. He wrote quite a few novels, and he also wrote sermons because he was the preacher at a Northeastern prep school. And in one of those collections of sermons, he, in fact, the whole collection was called by the name of the first sermon in the collection. That collection was called The Magnificent Defeat. And I have always loved this title. And in that particular sermon, Beekner is preaching about Jacob wrestling with God and the magnificent defeat of Jacob as he limps away after the night of wrestling with God. But he, he mentions the cross and resurrection of Jesus at the very end of the sermon. And I like the phrase, and I'm using it a little bit differently tonight than he uses it. Like I said, appropriation of good words for a different purpose. But he says in that phrase, magnificent defeat, I think what he says in that phrase gives us a, a great title for what happens for Jesus Christ on the cross. The cross of Jesus Christ is the image of a magnificent defeat. And what I mean by that is a defeat that is so magnified that it's hard to think of a greater defeat than what the cross represents. It is first and foremost a betrayal. And betrayal is one of the deepest pains that we can suffer as a human being to, to be betrayed by one whom we trusted is to experience one of the worst things that a human being can experience. 
It is an image of injustice. It is the image of one who is deemed not worthy to make a defense for himself. One who is wrongfully accused, wrongfully tried, and definitely wrongly condemned. It is physical torture, sadistic physical torture. It is no quick death. It is not the cool uh, antiseptic almost death of a state-sponsored killing, taking the life to pay for the life of one perhaps taken and adjudicated in the courts as such. But it is a brutal, torturous death that is nothing less than sadistic and nothing less than Rome saying, we win, and if you cross us, this will happen to you. And finally, it is shame. It is shame because it is the act of being mocked, made fun of, belittled, and declared to be of no value. It is the smirk of Pilate when he asks Jesus, are you king of the Jews? It's Rome saying essentially, look what we can do and look at what power we have over this king of the Jews. And this was one who was in the form of God, however, one who took on our form as well and let the most brutal and the most wicked expressions that we can know at the hand of another pass through his very heart. This is the one of whom Paul sings in the passage that I read earlier, that although he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God, a thing to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. This is the one who in the likeness of sinful flesh and to deal with sin, condemned sin in the flesh. And this apparent magnificent defeat of God however, was actually a magnificent defeat of sin. The thing that separates us from God. How? Because he took it into himself. That's how he defeated it. This is not just something he did for us, but something he did with us by experiencing the very worst that any human being can experience. The cross isn't just about God's suffering for us so that we don't have to suffer. The cross is about God suffering with us. The cross is about God taking on and taking in our experience and taking all of us into himself, the good and the bad, and saying, you have a place in my heart, for I know everything about you. It's God choosing to know us even at the depths of our suffering and letting us know that none of these things, 
that we suffer, none of these things that potentially look like magnificent defeats can shake us loose from his grip of love. God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, he condemned, he defeated sin in the flesh. Let's pray. Bring us to a place of gratitude, O God, as we seek to be your people and hear your voice. Bring us to a place of gratitude for all that you have done to take us in, to know us, and to love us so deeply. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.